Hi, this is Daniel James, and this is the podcast of Triple R's The Mission, a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives of Aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country. The Mission is broadcast live on Triple R each Tuesday evening. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. Good evening. Welcome to episode 00004 of The Mission. My name is Daniel James. I'm your host through to 8pm this evening. I'd like to start off by acknowledging the traditional owners from which I am broadcasting and from which you are probably listening, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I hope you've been well. Um, It's Reconciliation Week. Uh, I hope you've had a chance to get out amongst it. It's um, welcoming news that we now have an Indigenous person or an Aboriginal person as the Minister for Indigenous Affairs. We wish him all the best. Ken White, um, Noongar man, man of integrity, so um, that's exciting. Maybe we should get him on the show sometime to um, ask him some questions, uh, questions like what are the government's policies in relation to Aboriginal affairs? Do they have any? Do they uh, want to let us know what they are? Anyway, there'll be plenty of time for that over the uh, term of the next parliament. So we'll get into all that further on down the track. Uh, Tonight we have uh, some great guests as per usual. Shortly I'll be chatting with the directors of a documentary entitled Etched in Bone. I was fortunate enough to um, host a Q&A with the film's two directors, Martin Thomas and Beatrice Bijan, as part of the recent Human Rights Arts and Film Festival. So I thought if I could uh, do the same trick tonight here on the mission for you guys, uh, that'd be all in good. And later on, I'll be uh, playing a pre-recorded interview that I conducted only a couple of hours ago with uh, Diana David, the CEO of Reconciliation Victoria. And uh, we'll have a yarn about uh, Reconciliation Week, obviously. So uh, stick around. It should be good. The best way to uh, connect with me is via Twitter. My handle is at MrDTJames. Let's get the show on the road. Triple R. You are indeed listening to Triple R. My name is Daniel James. You're listening to The Mission. Okay, now to our first guests this evening. Um... What's the best way to set this up? Well, with the truth, I guess. There is a um, long, dark history of bone removal uh, in this country. Uh, The disposition of uh, our people extends beyond life itself. And this is, of course, the case when we're talking about the remains of Aboriginal people that have been stolen by universities and museums from across the world. In many instances, we're only just seeing some of these bones and remains being repatriated back into the communities from which they were um, stolen. Uh, As recently as last month, Germany returned the remains of Aboriginal men and women back to the Yawaru people in in Western Australia. Um, Etched in Bone is a documentary that covers in great detail the repatriation of bones from the US back to the community of Gumbalaya in uh, Arnhem Land. The uh, two directors of uh, Etched in Bone are Beatrice Bijan and Martin Thomas. 
Now, Martin is a uh, cultural historian who specialises in Australian Aboriginal and transnational history. He's published in the areas of environmental history, landscape studies, cross-cultural encounter, expeditions and exploration, history of anthropology and on the impact of sound recording and photography. Uh, Beatrice Bajon is a scholar of English literature and a women's history and a visiting fellow at the uh, Australian National University. In her native France, she was a senior lecturer at the University of Lyon. It was actually this project, the Ashton Bone project, that actually brought her to Australia, to um, where she now uh, happily calls home. Now, I've got them both on the line via Skype, so I hope this shit works. Martin and Beatrice, are you there? Good evening. Yeah, good evening. <laughs> I'm, I'm a genius. I really am. Um, yeah. Now, um, oh, like I said, I was fortunate enough to actually see uh, the documentary, which will be screened at um, Monash University uh, next week and uh, uh, at Canberra later this week. We'll give the details to that um, later on in the interview. Um, but, Martin, I understand that the origins of the documentary itself actually came from some sound recordings you heard from um, Arnhem Land, and in a way you decided to repatriate those sounds and songs back to its own people. Yeah, that's right. They were um, made, actually, uh, on a magnetic wire recorder. Have you heard of such a thing? I think my great-grandfather once mentioned it to me, but... Um... Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's of that sort of era. It, it, um, it's the predecessor of the tape recorder, and um, I was uh, doing some historical research in the ABC archives, and uh, came across this stash of um, you know wonderful old song recordings from Arnhem Land, and um, I learned that they were made by um, Colin Simpson. He was a well-known journalist and radio producer of the day. And um, they came from, uh, well, Gunbalanya. They came from the west of Arnhem Land, um, made in 1948 uh, during this pompously titled American-Australian Scientific Expedition to Arnhem Land. I actually have a, um, a quick snippet of that uh, said documentary just to give people a flavour. Oh, great, OK. OK, I hope this works as well. <laughs> Expedition to Arnhem Land. Many, many thousands of indigenous people from outside the United States were collected. Indigenous bodies were especially prized. When I heard that was happening, these people were taken away. And I thought, okay, I want them and their spirit. So there's a brief snippet. Now, who's, who was the second voice that we just heard there? Uh, well, th this is um, tricky for us because uh, we couldn't hear that. Um, it, was, so it was the, let me just put it this way, it was the uh, documentary star. Uh, right, okay. Uh, that means you probably heard something from a wonderful old man called Jacob Nyangle. That's the one. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. It would be. Yeah. Now, he, you basically um, use his story as the narrative to, to, to drive the uh, documentary um, uh, through its journey. Um, he's a tremendously, uh, he was a tremendously charismatic 
fella. How did, how did you reconnect? How did you connect with him? Oh well, um, when I uh, sort of having found these song recordings I was talking about, um, and and then learnt that they were made by an expedition that made lots of film and did lots of other work back in 1948, uh, decided to take them up, uh, take take the recordings up and play them to some of the old people up there and see what they thought about them. And uh, and that's how I came into contact with, with Jacob. He was one of the senior men of the area. I think, um, you know, the film itself starts with a uh, smoking ceremony to actually smoke the hard drive uh, the film stored on. I think that's an important sign that the traditional owners you worked with so closely over you know, a number of years to actually make this happen um, gave their blessing to this story to be told. Um, how long did you actually spend up there with with the various communities? Well, um, I mean, I first went there a uh, little over 10 years ago, I suppose, and, um, you know, began meeting people and uh, work, talking about archival stuff, and um, that sort of led into the story of the stolen bones which had been collected by this expedition. So um, what you're talking about there at the smoking ceremony, well, we, we were both there together, weren't we, um, when that uh, yeah, <laughs> extraordinary was, event happened? Yeah, it was the last shoot we had there in 2016, in fact. Wow. And, yeah, you, you were. It's, it's interesting how they all along um, the whole community were really supportive but this idea of smoking the hard drive, what you're describing, what the first images we see in the, in the film, you know, these two elders whipping the hard drive with leaves, it just it was their idea that they felt um, because the, um, the audience were going to see bones being handled and because the crew was filming, um, were, 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 you know, working with images of bones being handled, these elders felt that um, some protection was needed, both for the crew, for the film crew, and for the audience. So that's why they came up with this amazing idea of um, a smoking ceremony of the hard drive uh, in which all the files were. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was a very moving, very moving way to start the film. You know, initially you, you, you sort of think, well, hang on, what's going on here? Um, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But all is eventually revealed. Uh, you're listening to Triple R. This is the mission. I'm speaking with directors of a documentary called Etched in Bone, Beatrice Bijon and Martin Thomas. Um, the film also covers... Um, sort of the the ins and outs as, as to how the, the the bones were actually stolen in in the first place, and it particularly talks about um, a rivalry between two men um, named um, Mountford and Seltzer, um, Seltzer from the Smithsonian. Smithod- Frank, Frank Setzler, his name was Setzler. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about um, the role that they played in the removal of those bones? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Charles Mountford was a well-known ethnologist and filmmaker um, of his day, and he was a great popularizer of Aboriginal culture. Uh, he managed to get sponsorship uh, from National Geographic, and uh, that's what led him on this expedition. When the um, Smithsonian Institution um, of Washington became involved, uh, they uh, made their own appointments to the expedition. And the deputy leader was, in fact, the uh, head of anthropology at the Smithsonian. So 
he's a professional, whereas Mountford's a kind of self-trained um, autodidact. And uh, so almost structurally it created conditions for rivalry between these two. Um, Setzler wanted to collect lots of Bach paintings and lots of artworks. That yeah. no, yeah, Mount, 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 sorry, yeah. do that. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Setzler um, had been trained in physical anthropology, and in fact, um, he'd learnt his stuff collecting human remains from Indigenous and American uh, graves and putting them in the in the museum. Yeah, Setzler actually. Um, uh, oh, oh put some of my own passion into this actually comes across as no more than a, a brazen thief. No, I think that's a good way of describing yes, him, don't you? He was, I mean, he was stealing. It was blatant stealing, you know, and grave digging. Yeah. When, you know, and when you know that this guy, when he stole the bones in, uh, in Gumbalanya, in the cracks of that rock, he had a cameraman with him and he filmed himself several times, you know, and each time pretending it was the first time it, it was founding the bones. So it's quite a disturbing moment um, in the film, I find. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, move on to the point where, you know, the, the, the collective communities in Arnhem Land actually decide, OK, we've got to try and get these bones back. And as we see time and time again with different tribes and nations, they put aside their differences in order to fill a common purpose, and this is the diff- this is definitely the case um, with the repatriation of their ancestors. And so, we actually in the documentary we actually see a, a delegation actually head to Washington and actually collect the remains w- in what was a you know a very you know moving ceremony. Was that um, that must have been very moving and, and very difficult to film? Oh, it was extremely moving and. Uh this is this is the thing um, going into that that ceremony, which was hosted by the National Museum of the American Indian, and so in in fact, indigenous people in the U.S. were providing us some infrastructure and support for this. And um, when we, you know, having certainly having heard so much about these bones and even seeing the, that terrible film of them being stolen, um, you go in, into the room where the boxes of bones were. And suddenly you're in the presence of the dead. Yeah. And, and and even though we didn't know the names of these people, all these details, you know, you're still at a funeral and you, you are still in the presence of the dead. And uh, the great challenge uh, for those delegates from three different parts of Arnhem Land um, was to use music, uh, to use clapsticks, um, to use their own languages uh, to help those spirits home. And that's one of the things we're trying to explain in the film. Yeah, the, the film really moves at, at its own pace. You know, you really let the, the story just unfold, um, you know, as, as, as it happened. Um, as with all good docos, the film highlights other aspects of the culture in which it uh, respectfully dulls. Uh, in this instance, uh, what strongly comes across through is the incredible importance played by elders as the custodians of their culture, and Jacob in particular as a central character that drives that aspect of the narrative. And what comes through in, in the film is how he, as an elder, actually plays a role in evolving his own culture. You know, the bones have never been repatriated back to his community before, so he has to, you know, respectfully... C- you know, devise a way to pay adequate respect 
to those ancestors that are returning to their to their country, and it really highlights the the importance that yes, culture is indeed um, traditional, but it also evolves. Um, did you want to you know describe the way he um, uh, went about you know bringing the bones back to the country? Yeah, I think it's it's very true what you're saying. It's um, I mean the ceremony that was created by Jacob was both in fact, borrowing from old traditions, but at the same time, innovating. And that's what we see in the film. We see him, I mean, the film captures, in fact, a ceremony in the making. We see Jacob thinking and reflecting and pausing and wondering, you know, thinking aloud what what needs to be done. And it's very moving when we see him talking to the spirits, talking in the old indigenous languages that these people would have talked at the time. And it, it is, um, he's performing that ceremony, singing them back and talking them back to their country. And it's extremely moving how he's reconnecting, in fact, the bones and the spirits back to their country. Yeah, um, you know, absolutely uh, very moving, and you know, I've, I was in the audience, and there was a f- you know a few people shedding the uh, the occasional tear. Um, I think as much just at witnessing the strength and the resilience of of the people um, playing homage to to their ancestors. Um, this is your first uh, directorial directorial debuts. Um, do you have any other films in the works, guys? Uh, well, um, not not yet. Not it's just uh, yet, no. we, we're just recovering from from making this one. We were doing it on you know limited resources, of course, and uh, we had to make it according to the the, the rhythms of the Gunbalanya community too. Um, tragically, uh, Jacob Nyengel died. Um, and we had to sort of wait a time when we couldn't name him or show film or anything like that. And um, we're through the mourning period now, so. Uh, at the moment, we're just trying to give this film a good send off and send it out into the world. Yeah, well, you've um, it's a, you know you've actually added to uh, our understanding of these matters, and itself as the documentary itself has actually become um, an historical document. So, thank you for that, and congratulations on the film, and um, best of luck in the future. It's great to be on the thank program. You. Yeah. No worries. Take care, guys. Thank you. Bye. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. To find out more about Triple R or to explore many more shows, podcasts, articles, videos and interviews, head to the Triple R website, rrr.org.au. And you are listening to The Mission on Triple R. Uh, I was just speaking with the uh, directors of a documentary called uh, Etched in Bone, um, Martin Thomas and Beatrice Bijon. And uh, now for our second guest uh, this evening. Um, Many of you would know that uh, we're in the midst of Reconciliation Week. Uh, Every year between the 27th of May and the 3rd of June, we celebrate Reconciliation Week. Now, um, some of you may ask, Daniel, or whatever your name is, why those dates in particular? Uh, Well, I'll tell you why. The 27th of May marks the anniversary of the uh, famous 1967 referendum in which the question was asked of the Australian people, do you approve the proposed law for the alteration of the Constitution entitled An Act to Alter the Constitution so as to omit certain words relating to people of Aboriginal race in any state and so that Aboriginals are to be counted in reckoning the population? Uh, 
As it turned out, uh, 90% of people did approve of that alteration and it would be interesting to see today if uh, it was going to be such a clear-cut result. I'm um, sure someone could write a PhD on that one. And the 3rd of June marks the anniversary of the Mabo decision in the High Court of Australia. That was the decision that finally put an end to the lie of uh, terra nullius, the idea that Australia was uninhabited at the time the Poms got here. This year's theme on Reconciliation Week is Grounded in Truth, Walk Together with Courage. And here to tell us all about it is a descendant of the Kanju Nation from central Cape York Peninsula and the uh, Kalagal Yalama in western Torres Strait Islands. And she is the CEO of Reconciliation Victoria, Diana David. Diana, welcome to Triple R. Thank you for having me. I probably just butchered those names, did I? <laughs> a, a little bit. Yeah, I'm a shocker. I'm a shocker. That's okay. You're forgiven. <laughs> um, first of all, you want to tell us about um, Reconciliation Victoria? Yes. Uh, Reconciliation Victoria, we are the statewide body promoting reconciliation across Victoria as it promotes deeper understanding, respect and justice for and with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Now, our work focuses primarily on the 97% of Victorians who are non-Aboriginal as it is the non-Aboriginal community that need uh, they need to take responsibility for driving reconciliation. Yeah, um This year's theme is uh, Grounded in Truth, Walk Together with Courage. How did that theme sort of emerge? Well, um, like you said, I guess um, Australia has a long history of reconciliation and many um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and many from the non-Aboriginal community have uh, dedicated their life their life's work uh, to the reconciliation movement. And we have made um, some, or since then, we've made some significant steps and um, and some of those steps are what we're doing and celebrating this week um, in, in that recognition. But um, I guess it's, um, this week is a chance um, for the non-Aboriginal uh, Victorians to reach out and learn what they can do um, about our shared history and uh, commit to a future based on respect, justice and um, and a shared identity and um, but that needs to be grounded um, um, on, in a foundation of truth um, though those conversations sometimes may be uh, difficult and um, the non-aboriginal community to you know, asking those questions and um, you know mindful they they don't want to step over that invisible line um, I guess it's um, sort of time now to uh, um, bring the nation and, and walk together on this journey and this year is a, a fabulous um, wonderful um, theme yeah it is for it uh, the way the way I see um, reconciliation week is it's kind of like a big open week in which, you know, um, a myriad of Aboriginal organisations, community centres, you know, open their doors to the to the wider public um, in order to, you know, tell the wider public, the, the, the broader Victorian um, public and Australian public, OK, this is, this is what we do. If you ever wonder what we do for our own people, you ever wonder what self-determination looks like, then um, please come and visit us. Um, we're having a morning tea here. We're having um, a gathering there. And if you actually go to the website, um, reconciliation.org.au, there's a whole series of events that um, people can check out and um, choose to engage with. Yes, that's correct. Um 
For, for, for further information, I mean, check out our reconciliationvic.org.au. Um, we've got some great activities, some wonderful and unique um, community events uh, happening across the state. And um, I guess this is, um, you know, this is an incredible time um, for many of us in Victoria with um, celebrating uh, Reconciliation Week, but, um, but also with, um, you know, treaty advancement as well. So there's a lot happening. Um, I encourage uh, all the listeners out there and beyond that, um, you know, stay engaged. And, um, but most importantly, talk to community, learn more, have those conversations. If it's um, around the treaty advancement in Victoria, if it's reconciliation and what that looks like, like an Aboriginal self-determination but um, like I said it's a journey that um, we need to walk together and walk with courage. Yeah in many ways there's actually um, never really been a more active time in Victoria in terms of what's happening in um, you know Aboriginal slash Indigenous affairs. Um, you mentioned the, the the treaty process you used to work um, at the Commission, I believe? Yes, uh, prior to my my role as CEO for Reconciliation Victoria, um, yeah, I worked for the Victorian Treaty Advancement Commission. So um, I've been um, involved in um, in the last two and a half years um, to do from where from day dot where it started in 2016 to where it is now. Um, very exciting um, with... Uh, it's just around the corner. Uh, we're going to have our first ever um, assembly of first um, um, first peoples in Victoria, and that's one of the main roles that the Victorian Treaty Advancement Commission commissioner Jill Gallagher. Um, her role is to establish this representative body. Yeah, I think people don't realise that there was nothing before this process. There was no. Um, uh, Roadmap. There was no how do you do this in you know modern Australia. This is the first time, and that process now is you know way out ahead of any other sort of processes that are occurring um, around the place. Are you um, are you optimistic that uh, you know the treaty will get to where it needs to to get? Well, I'm I'm definitely um, supportive of the of the treaty process. It's about time. I mean, Victoria is um, is leading the way. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity, and um, I mean, this week's reconciliation week is grounded grounded in truth. That truth telling, and and I believe that a treaty, um, you know, would be the first steps forward in, in sharing this process. Um, the treaty could allow healing and for relationships to start anew uh, for Victoria but also for the wider Australian community. Yeah, it's um, again, it's along the theme of uh, Reconciliation Week and the work that you do at Reconciliation Victoria, this is a, a two-way dialogue. This is not um, just the load for um, Aboriginal people to, to bear in Victoria. It's something that is going to require, require um, engagement from, from, from both sides. Yes, that's correct. I mean, it's a, a shared identity that reflects our true history and that values Aboriginal culture and ensures self-determination and real and reasonable outcomes um, for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. I mean, I feel and I believe that reconciliation is about relationships. It's about strengthening relationships. It's about Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal people talking. It's about them walking and working together 
to to overcome the division and inequality between Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal Australians. It's about addressing and acknowledging our true history and righting the wrongs. And um, to do that, we need to walk uh, together with courage and this truth-telling um, um, needs to happen and, and I'm supportive of it. I guess it's, it's not one act but a journey that requires a commitment uh, from the non-Indigenous community to take ownership and responsibility for their own learning and, and the role in, in the process of reconciliation. Excellent. Well, very well put. And I think the good thing is that um, Reconciliation Victoria um, walks the walk and talks the talk in terms of your board. Your board is made up of Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal people, and that's obviously a very conscious decision um, to um, actually... Uh, you know, outlay the principles that that are espoused through Reconciliation Victoria. Yes, that's correct. Um, so with um, Reconciliation Victoria, with um, yeah, with this year, um, with with my role or my position, but also our new skill based board, and that's made up of Aboriginal and non Aboriginal um, community um, members. But also, um, we've just uh, recently established a cultural council of First People. Now, um, that's important because our work is guided by the Aboriginal voice of Victoria and um and, and, and this council, um, we will meet twice a year. Our first meeting will be in June and the next will be in July. So the core purpose of the Cultural Council of First People with Reconciliation Victoria, I guess um, it's to elevate Reconciliation Victoria and how we can better engage um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, um, but also to, to guide the, the non-Aboriginal um, board members, non-Aboriginal staff and community, um, you know, to understand sort of that cultural loading and, and much more. So we're very excited. A lot of things are happening in Reconciliation Victoria. Um, I encourage you to, you know, check out our website, uh, get on our Facebook, sign up for our e-news for further information. Yeah, there's so much happening. And I think we're in a position now in history, particularly here in Victoria, I think, you know, being a you know relatively pro- progressive state, um, that I think people are open to, to hearing the truth. I think people are, are open to having those really in-depth and difficult uh, conversations. So despite the difficulty in addressing some of these subjects, it's actually really quite exciting because, you know, I get the sense that um, people are now open and willing to listen. Yes, definitely. Um, there is there is definitely a positive feeling out in the community, um, and and this year's National Reconciliation Reconciliation Week, um, you know, grounded in truth, walk together with courage. Um, it is to foster race relations, that relationship between Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and the broader community. You know, we know that these conversations um, need to be further explored and what that looks like, but it needs to be shared. And however painful and uncomfortable the conversations may be, uh, we all need to walk together with courage. And whether you're engaging in, challenge, in challenging conversations or unlearning or relearning on what you know, it's important that it must be grounded uh, in a foundation of truth a shared truth you're listening to triple r my name is daniel i'm speaking with diana david the uh, ceo of reconciliation victoria uh just before um uh i'll let you go um uh you're absolutely right reconciliation is everybody's business you know if you want to put it uh down in 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 a nutshell um i'll ask you a curly one here and it might put a lot of people offside but if you had one 
event that you could go to this week during Reconciliation Week, which one would you recommend? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is a curly question. I'm probably going to cop it when I get back to the office tomorrow. Um, I would say um, I would go to... I'd go to the Heart Awards on Friday, right. helping achieve reconciliation together. It's uh, one of our programs. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> one you'll, of our you'll be, projects. You'll be right back at the office then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a couple out there that, um, yeah, I'm going, going to check out as well. Um, Banyol City Council are, are holding a, a treaty uh, panel conversation on Wednesday night, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to go check that out as well. And, again, the website, if people want to see the list of events so they can engage in their own communities, is... <laughs> Um, for what's happening. What's, what's happening, happening throughout the week, yeah. Yeah, um, you can actually um, check out, actually check our Facebook page. Okay. We've got a lot happening and we um, we post a lot of um, shares, uh, what's going on around the Victoria for Reconciliation Week before and after Reconciliation Week. But uh, check out Reconciliation Australia. They actually got, they've got um, a Rec Week calendar. You can, you can, um, Press the arrow and it'll say what state or territory and Victoria and there's a number of um, informa- there's information there. Yeah, so yeah. The, the, the long version is um, <laughs> reconciliation.org.au and again, just go to the website, you'll see yeah. um, a down tab for um, a list of um, events and if you want to check out uh, Reconciliation Victoria on Facebook, just type um, a search for uh, Reconciliation Victoria on Facebook. There can't be too many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, before I let you go... I um, totally messed up the, 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 the pronunciations of your mobs. Can you please correct the record before you leave? Um, I'm, I'm can't you, but you can just end. The island I'm from is um, Ayama, which is Yum Island in the Torres Straits. That's my grandfather. That's where he's from. And my grand, grandmother is a descendant in central Cape York. So, um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming in, Diane. I know you're absolutely flat chat being the CEO of Reconciliation Victoria during Reconciliation Week. So um, thanks very much for coming in and um, thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. Happy Reconciliation Week. And um, before before I go, I just want to say um, check out the NAIDOC activities coming up as well in the next couple, in the next couple of weeks and uh, call out racism. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's The Mission, a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives of Aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country. The Mission is broadcast live on Triple R every Tuesday evening. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. <laughs>